You are now listening to She Knows Data, a podcast dedicated to female professionals working with and investigating trends, technologies, and careers in big data and advanced analytics. Hello, and welcome to the She Knows Data podcast. My guest today is Cindy Mikey. Cindy is the Vice President of Industry Solutions and GM for Insurance at Cloudera. She was responsible for the overall business and technology vision and go-to-market strategy for executive engagement. And this includes many opportunities for working with customers and partners to leverage analytics for business growth and data-driven innovation. Cindy, welcome. Thank you, Jasmine. Now, I've given the listeners a a brief background on you, but I feel like it's always better coming directly from your mouth. So do you want to go ahead and introduce yourself and give us a brief background? Sure. So I've uh, been in the industry for a number of years. My background is actually accounting and finance. You know, people always say, well, how did you get into, you know, data and analytics with that background and so forth? But I've always had a passion for data. And I think, you know, in the the accounting finance world, data plays an incredible level of importance. And so with that type of background that I did some consulting, was an uh, analyst, worked in the uh, industry uh, standards body. Also, you know, did my own startup around research and advisory services for the insurance industry. And then I've worked a couple times in the software area, done market strategy. And I think that probably the most rewarding thing I get the opportunity to do is be an evangelist for data and analytics. And I think that's probably one of the, the most things I appreciate for being able to work with Cloudera is to kind of just be the voice of, you know, what the opportunities are for us as an industry, but it's really focusing on business outcomes. And I know we'll touch on that here in a little bit. So, Absolutely. Thank you. That's, that's quite a varied background. Was there one pivotal point where you felt like you made the switch from analyst to more on the data side, or did it just naturally progress? You know, I think it just naturally progressed. I'm a firm believer that uh, we as individuals need to probably reinvent ourselves every, you know, five to seven years so we can continue to grow. I mean, I, I guess I had the opportunity to always gravitate around the, the finance and accounting area. But, you know, after you do that for, you know, so often you just sit there and you go, okay, so how many times can I close the books? How many times can I do financials, forecasts, look at budgets? But then I think it just kind of like growing as a person in business, it was embracing new opportunities. And I also had a, you know, a life, life-changing event by, you know, losing you know, some family members. And I think that was probably the pivotal moment and said, you know what, it's time to do something different. And, you know, since then, I just have always thought, you know, let's keep ourselves fresh. Let's keep ourselves up with the times. I always like to embrace change. You know, change changes can be good. Uh, change can also be bad. But if, if you embrace it with a, a positive outlook and say, you know what, something good's going to come out of this, or if nothing else, I'm going to learn and get a get a past experience. Absolutely, and I, I fundamentally believe in, in embracing change and also following your passion, which leads me into the next segue to ask you, you know, what are you working on now, and what are you passionate about? So, you know, I think. What I'm working on is really, everybody thinks about data as a, they think about the context of IT. And I think as as a business person from, you know, historical past, you know, business owns data. And I think the thing that I'm working on right now is to help change that mindset to say, you know, 
we're in a world of data and what you do with the data is what's the most important. It's not data for data's sake. So I'd say the things that I'm working on is to help change the perception in the marketplace and bring business and IT fundamentally together. And I think one area that does that is, you know, I've always been you know, in the past, I always said I was a process person because I wanted to make things better. But at the heart of it, it's really data. So how do you blend data and process together? Because process is really about, at the heart of it, is data. And then, you know, what you do with it and and so forth. Um, I coined a phrase the other day that, and I know, I don't know if I've coined it, but everybody says, oh, data is the new oil. And I'm like, Mm data is not oil can't just put oil in your vehicle until you refine it and do something with it. So I think it's it's really data's there, but until you do something with it to give it that business insights, to give it, you know, help you formulate opinions and give you better perspective on what's going on around you, both from a business perspective. I think that's when, you know, we start to see the, the value of information and how we can leverage data as part of the business. So a hundred percent. I agree. I think it's the fundamental technology, people, and process. And you need all three of those to make significant changes in the business. Um, you talked a little bit about the process piece. Can you expand on that? What do you think businesses can do to improve their processes? Well, I think from a process perspective, if we maybe don't think of data as a, as a project, and when we think about the, the process around data and analytics, we, we start to stop and think, it's like, okay, well, we're going to go do this project. You know, data's got to be, and the analytical component has to be just part of our day-to-day business processes. You know, we hear the, the term being data-driven. I personally don't like that term. I like the term being insight-driven. And I hope over time that uh, we'll hear more and more that I, I have, you know, conversations with a lot of folks in the, the insurance industry specifically, and we're all talking about being insight driven. And I think one day the marketing term of data driven will, will definitely uh, maybe say, yeah, that that's one of the things that we do, but we're really insight driven. So data. And so from a process perspective, I think one, we've got to start with the proper vision as to why is it that I'm embarking on this. I want to get better insights. Um, I want to be able to help those in the organization answer questions that we can't answer today. And it may also be, I can gain some very new insights. So I think the process around data and analytics has to start with what's your vision and why you're doing things. And I think many times, especially you know, working for a technology company, it's very easy to jump into the how. And I think if we go shift that and go back into the the who, what, when, where, why, and how of approaching data and analytics and look at answering all of those, we need to start with the why at the top and we'll finish with the how. But too many times I think we start with the how versus the why. And if we can blend those two and because you read in the press and just different things, you know, why so many projects are failing, it's because we start with the how and we've got to start with the why. That is so important. You don't mine oil just to mine oil. You mine oil to power cars. And that's what businesses need to do. They need to use data to solve problems, to answer questions that they weren't being able to answer before. It's not a a technology issue. It's really, okay, what is this going to do to help my business move forward? So let's let's make it a little bit more real for, for the listeners. What problem do you believe data can help solve in your experience? 
You know, I, I'd say there's a couple of different things, and I'm I'm gonna also look at it in the context of insurance because that's where my my passion probably is. But there there's other industries. But if if you think about what's going on in the world right now and how specifically to the insurance industry, the the connectivity or the digital aspects is fundamentally changing the profile of risk or what a risk is. And that aspect is is where I think we need to, to focus is leveraging and looking at the data sources that are available to us is that how is it changing how we conduct business will be fundamental to you know moving things forward. So along with that, are there any specific trends specific to insurance, obviously, that because that's your background that you're seeing claims you mentioned, any others? Specifically in claims, um, it, it was quite interesting. There's a, a couple of recent articles that have, that have come out and, and research because where we are as, a, as an industry, insurance companies like other industries are like we're in digital transformation and how we connect with uh, both our customers, our prospects. Um, and that can be both on the, the business to business side or the, the business to consumer side. It's about digital connectivity and that digital connectivity of, of how we want to work. How do we want to be notified? How do we want to be alerted? Um, those are some of the, the fundamental things that we really have to look at. And it's the, that type of digital interaction that's changing how we conduct business. And so we all talk about being customer-centric and driving customer 360 and, and so forth. But it's also McKinsey um, has also said that as we look at businesses, both today and in the future, that we're going to be seeing a change of industry definitions. So if you look at what's going on in, in healthcare right now, we now, and I'm, this is probably maybe US-centric, but historically, you would always say, well, let me go make an appointment with a, a doctor, and I'm going to go to a physician's office, and then I'm going to then have to go to get my prescription and, and so forth. Look at the convergence that's going on in healthcare right now, where I can go to a minute clinic out of a CVS. Well, CVS is a former retail and it also has a pharmacy inside, but now I can also see a nurse and in, inside there, I can do some level of connectivity to a doctor's office if I need to. So certain types of procedures. So I think what's interesting about this, the McKinsey perspective and, and point of view, and you'll also see things coming out of Harvard as well. It's about connected communities um, and those connected communities and ecosystems are really redefining the makeup of our current industries. And at the heart of that, and why we're able to do that, is information and data. Because that's how we're now looking to collaborate outside of our respective industry. It, it's pretty phenomenal what the digital transformation is doing. So along that, I, I heard you say collaboration and an open flow of data. How much of an influence do you think the open source community has had in this new fundamental way of looking at data? I think it's been huge because with that, it's collaboration. And if we actually want to be able to do connected ecosystems, connected industries, connected businesses, you can't have the, the traditional ways of conducting and leveraging technology. Uh, you've got to have that interoperability. And interoperability, well, you've got standards and so forth, I think we're seeing it more from an open source perspective that 
what used to be maybe technical libraries and so forth that are in proprietary software. It's now actually out there in open source. You look at all the open source uh, connectivity, you look at your cell phone, just the applications on your cell phone, a lot of open source technology there. In the automotive industry, you've got what's going on with the Geneva Alliance uh, around the autonomous vehicle or the connected vehicle. All of that is built upon open source software. So if you think about how a car is going to communicate when you're driving down a street, connecting to cameras that are monitoring you know, traffic flow to sensors in the road, that's all open source software. So I think open source has really helped us drive interoperability and connectivity because without the open source, I'm not sure we'd be able to do some of these things. If we look at the industry, maybe 10, 20 years ago, the, the myth of open source was it's open, but it's not secure. It's not governed properly. It doesn't allow us to be enterprise ready with some of the things that we need to do. Uh, what I'm hearing you say, and I think what I'm hearing in the industry is the advancement and the speed that we're able to get with interoperability is much, much greater than the potential downsides of an open community. And there are various companies that are working towards making sure that not only is it open, but it's fast, it's secure, it's safe, and it's going to be able to move your business forward. Yeah, absolutely. And the other aspect is you also have consortiums that are coming together that are cross-industry, that are bringing together those involved in the various ecosystems. There's a, I mentioned the Geneva Alliance from the, the automotive perspective, and that you know, deals with both the actual manufacturing, but then it's all the aftermarket. But then you'll see the Geneva Alliance involved in different smart city type initiatives because autonomous vehicles and smart cars, you need to be able to operate uh, within the, the aspect of the smart city and the connected cities. And that's huge. And then over on the business side, things that we're seeing with like the Industrial Internet of Things Consortium, that actually bringing together manufacturers of sensors to also software providers, to consulting organizations and so forth. And that's also built upon how do we collaborate as industries and, and technology that's fundamentally then driving the, the business aspects and uh, fundamentally our day-to-day -day lives as well. So we talk a lot about things from a consumer perspective, but there's a lot of activity going on in the commercial side of things as well. Absolutely. There's a lot of advancements, but we have to be honest in saying that these advancements are not easy. They are not easy to build. Their change is not easy to happen overnight. So the big question is, well, what are the, the skills or the potential gaps that you see are, are missing or would help us advance a little bit quicker? That's kind of a tough question for me. because, And, and I think that's always the, the area of like, you know, how do we get the right skills and, and so forth? And I think we also focus many times on the, the technical skills. I think we also have to think about that analytical mindset as being one of those foundational skills. And we're seeing an analytical mindset, I think, sometimes isn't always something that's taught. I think you have to sometimes have that innate capability, and then you can support it with some of the, the academics. So from the skills gaps, I think there's some new things that you've been seeing in the in the universities lately around new types of uh, programs around analytics and so forth. And I think you'll also even see that within certain industries are saying we're going to beef up our skills and, and so forth. 
And there's there's many different ways of, of doing that. There was actually a, a presentation I was at last fall in the state of Texas, what they're trying to do within the, the ecosystem and helping refresh skills and so forth. So you've got various city, state, and local governments that are getting involved in this too, and the Chamber of Commerces that are evaluating and looking what the skill sets need to be in order to be in the marketplace. So kind of a long-winded answer there, but I think that's one is, yes, there's definitely the, the technical aspects, but then there's also the, the aptitude for data and analytics. And I think we're seeing that also being driven down into early stage formative within the grammar schools, the grade schools, and getting into your high schools. And so I think that aspect, it's looking at the academic side also with the, the business community and the, our, our government kind of helping us fill some of those skill gaps. I think I heard you say that it's people, process, and technology coming full circle right now. It seems to be pervasive through many different industries, whether we're talking insurance, government, finance, and we need to not only focus on the technical acumen, but the business acumen and how we connect those two together to really solve problems. Is that fair to say? I I think that's a, a great summation. Amazing. Well, thank you so much for this. We'll segue into our personal questions now. These are fun, rapid-fire questions that help the listeners identify with you as an individual. I ask the same five questions on every show. Uh, It doesn't have to be a long answer, just the first thing that comes to your mind. Are you ready? Sure. We'll go for it. (laughs) All right. Uh, TV show or movie that you're currently enjoying? Oh my gosh. I, I have to say I am so much into some of the HGTV things. I know that sounds horrible. Um, I don't really get a lot of time to spend watching movies and, and so forth. But man, I, I love my, my HGTV shows around Property Brothers and, um, and so forth. So um, best network that I found. See a home reno in your future. <laughs> yeah. All right. What music do you listen to when you're alone? Oh my gosh. So I have to admit, I go back to some of the classics, 80 and 90 things that I love some Sammy Hagar and Van Halen and and so forth. So I'm I'm a rocker from living back in the 80s and 90s. I love it. One of my old mentors said, when you're driving into work, you educate yourself. When you're driving out, you rock out. So it helps to keep life balance. (laughs) All right. Favorite non-work activity? couple of them. I'm, I'm a huge sports fan. So I'd, I'd probably say I'm more of a, um, a watcher, but I do like to uh, watch a lot of sports. And to be honest, I love to lift weights. Lift weights. Got to stay active. I like it. All right. Recent splurge. What did you spend money on? Oh, gosh. Building a whole new um, outdoor. So this gets back to my HGTV. So uh, we just put in a, a new outdoor area with our house. So Spend a lot of money there. So home improvements. <laughs> but it leads to rest and relaxation, right? In the new space. You got it. You got it. And last one, favorite life hacked, favorite productivity tool or resource? Oh, goodness. That particular one, I have to say it is on my Samsung phone, the ability to use the, the Google voice to do all my texting. Oh, yeah. Uh, that's especially good when driving. I text to drive. Absolutely. absolutely. I love the text to drive. All right. Great. So thank you very much, Cindy. This has been very informative. Before we go, where can the audience find you? Any website, book, social media? 
I'm, I'm probably um, a LinkedIn person and also a Twitter. So at CMikey76 is my Twitter handle, or you can find me um, in LinkedIn. Those are probably the, the best places for me. Will do. Thanks again. Thanks, Jasmine.